1: what's up everybody my name is david ej Berger. you can find me at carl jr on twitter and welcome to training camp dialed in Be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, as I'm bringing you three to four shows per week filled with football knowledge that's going to help your team win your leagues this season. So, you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. Once again, what's up everybody? I've been having a nice little weekend here. Had some mezcal for the U.S. men's gold medal match. Wife and I got away for a date night with some solid Greek food. So I hope you're out there taking advantage of summer while we still have it. Today on the show, we are headed down to Florida where we won't be discussing one Florida man, but a bunch of Florida men. We're gonna be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I dialed up Hayes Carlion. He's the Jaguars reporter for 1010XL AM and 92.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida, which you can listen to nationally on 1010XL.com. He's the co-host of The Frangie Show from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find him at Hayes Carlion on Twitter. We've got some Trevor Lawrence content here, people. Let's get right to it. What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Hayes Carline. All right. Well, hello, Hayes. Uh, Thank you uh, once again for joining me.
2: Sure thing. Happy to do it.
1: All right, Hayes. We were exchanging uh, texts and DMs here to set this up, and I believe you mentioned you might be coming from a scrimmage. Uh, is that true?
2: That is true. That is true. Scrimmage in the stadium today, it was a little disappointing in terms of what they did. Uh, it almost seemed like uh, they took it a little lighter than what you would expect because yesterday they surprised us by really going for about two hours in scrimmage yesterday on the practice field, so uh, so usually it's light, you know, before they go into for the scrimmage, at least under previous coaching staffs. Urban Meyer worked them pretty hard in that, you know, team 11-on-11 11 11 yesterday. So it was a little lighter today, but they still got
1: some good work in Any uh, big takeaways from these scrimmages you've seen so far? Well, the receiving core is pretty depleted
2: right now because uh, DJ Chark has been out for the last few days. He has a hand injury. They're describing it as minor, but he's been out uh Marvin Jones missed uh the last couple of days for personal reasons he was back today so obviously that's that's two of their top three LaVisca Chenault continues to look very strong very consistent um and you you know you're seeing some other guys step up Look one, Treadwell has had a nice camp considering you know they signed him late in the offseason Colin Johnson the second year player has done some nice things over the the last couple of days, Philip Dorsett's also out. So they, they've been sort of struggling with the numbers at that in at the receiver position. But uh, but still, Trevor Lawrence has looked very good the last two days.
1: A little banged up, but it sounds like they're putting the work in. Uh, that's good to hear. And normally off the top, I usually like to kick things off and go over the, the team last year. But I think it's fair to say the situation has completely changed with new head coach, Urban Meyer, offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel. And number one overall pick, quarterback Trevor Lawrence so let's just get to this season from what you've seen at camp what can we expect from this team in terms of scheme formations ideology just generally how this new era of offense will run in Jacksonville yes great question I will say Urban Meyer has made his reputation on
2: changing his offense to fit his personnel and I think that's what will happen here I think what will make the Jaguars a little different maybe than some teams is I really do think they've got Uh, a dynamic tandem of running backs and James Robinson, the second year player who went over a thousand yards as a rookie undrafted free agent. And then you add Travis Etienne uh, with, with that late first round pick. So I think they're going to be able to do some things uh, with both those backs that are going to be pretty exciting. And then you add in, uh, you know, what I think is a, a rising receiving core of young talent and DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault. Marvin Jones has been, you know, such a steady veteran, one of the more underrated receivers in the game. And uh, so I think they've got, you know, some pretty good talent there. Uh, So I I think they're going to have some ability to be pretty creative, certainly lacking a big-time tight end. But, uh, you know, the other thing that I think helps them is the cohesiveness with the offensive line. All five starters are back, as well as the position coach, George Warhop, he was one of the few assistance that urban meyer retained so there's a lot of things that they have working in the right direction and and obviously the biggest one is trevor lawrence who can do whatever they ask him i wouldn't anticipate they'll run him a lot but he can do it and
1: as a passer, obviously he's incredibly gifted Well, the people in these fantasy streets uh, already love them some Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He's getting hyped for every format, one or two QBs, playing this season or beyond. So we need some hardcore Trevor content, Hayes. What have you seen from Lawrence in terms of his arm and his legs, as I think a lot of people are expecting a rushing upside to unlock his ceiling like it did at Clemson.
2: Yeah, he's incredibly gifted, as you would expect, uh, for the hype and everything. But the first time in OTAs that I saw him actually roll out, it blew me away at how well he moves, how twitchy he is at that size, and what an accurate and powerful thrower he is on the run. So he'll be able to do whatever they ask of him. Um, He's had a good camp. He got off to an unbelievable start the first four days uh, before they put the pads on. Then the pads went on, the defense counterpunched, and he still looked good, but he wasn't dominating like he was before. And it seems like he's found his groove again because these last few days he's really been spectacular. So, you know, there was there was one little rough patch in terms of the install. I was talking to Daryl Bevel after, uh, I guess it was maybe Tuesday or Wednesday's practice, and he said that, you know, that they got through the first five installs pretty well And then on the sixth one, it kind of got a little, they stalled a little bit more than what he would have liked. But it really seems like since then, Trevor's done a nice job in the classroom and uh, is putting the work in. So at this point, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of concern that you know he's not going to be ready to play at at least a pretty high level for a rookie quarterback when they go to Houston on September 12th.
1: Do we see Trevor checking down at all, maybe tugging and running? Any maybe rookie tendencies as he's developing his process out there?
2: He doesn't run much at all, which I I find interesting because, like you mentioned, he can do it. But it doesn't seem to be a a tool that he's really wanting to uh, use, which I think is smart because they want him to deliver from the pocket. So they have done some designed RPO stuff but he he's only keeping it maybe one out of every 10 reps I mean it's he's probably kept it on that two or three times in camp at all so they haven't really emphasized the running component with him you know I I would say that you don't see a lot of checkdowns he is somebody that really does keep he keeps his eyes downfield he looks for the explosive play you know he it's almost like he will check it down when when it is really the only thing doesn't seem like he's only hitting his first progression and then checking it down, which is sort of similar to what Gardner meant you. Yeah, that's sort of more of the, the style he plays uh, is going a little quicker with the check down. Trevor sees the field so much better. And so I think he's just able to, to stick on his progressions and it's led to way more explosive
1: plays than what we ever saw with the, the Minshew-led offense. Great stuff, Hayes. Uh, well, you mentioned Gardner Minshew. Uh, what, what's up with Minshew? Uh, and I know uh, he's not in a position that he probably wants to be in, but, uh, you know, people do still like him maybe more as a personality than a fantasy player. What kind of camp has Gardner had?
2: I think he's been up and down. There, there are times where he looks good. He's just so physically outclass. You know, it, it just would be hard, I think, for, you know, Gardner Minshew is, is a, a brain player. He's, he's not a physical specimen. He was a six-round pick. And, uh, you know, so he's, he's looked okay. It's just a total mismatch because Trevor Lawrence is just on such a different level physically. You know, Gardner Minshew, he, he's led a, a pretty charmed football life uh, in terms of getting an opportunity. At, you know, maybe the, the Jaguars will find a trade partner, you know, for a late-round pick, and, and that puts him in a situation where – he can play, you know. Obviously, you hope for the Jaguars' sake he doesn't have to start here, because that means that something's happened to Trevor. But you know, I th- he's somebody that he's he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I mean, if you if you take the 32 starters off the board and you take the rookies off the board, because you have no idea what what they're going to do, you start ranking those those backup guys. You know, I think he's a top five backup guy. So you know, he, but he's he's in a situation here where. Unless something happens to Trevor Lawrence, he's
1: never going to play. I I would like to see him land in a situation to give him another shot. I think he he has earned uh, some playing time, uh, if not with Jacksonville, who's obviously moving in a different direction. Uh, But it would be smart for them to keep him just in case it's, uh, you know, life comes at you fast in the NFL. Yeah, no question.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
1: Let's talk about the pass catchers again, real quick. Uh, you've mentioned they've been a bit banged up. Uh, we have DJ Chark who disappointed gamers a bit last year after a, a flashy season two. We have LaVisca Chennault who, I mean, this guy's getting so much hype on fantasy Twitter. People love them some Visca. And then Marvin Jones is uh quietly creeping up the draft ranks uh, as his rapport with O.C. Bevel, often gets mentioned. And, uh, I mean, he's a producer. He's produced everywhere he stopped. And then there's also Colin Johnson, who you mentioned. Uh, and he popped up for DFS Grinders uh, at times last year. And I liked him out coming out of Texas. Um, how do you expect this room to play out from what you've seen so far? Is there going to be a lead guy? Or is it going to be kind of uh, spread out?
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I think it will be spread out. I, I, and I, from a fantasy standpoint, I think it's just going to be about where you want to attack it. I, I think for probably where they're going to get picked. I would rank them Jones, Chenault, Shark, because I still think because of what you're talking about with DJ Shark, he's had the Pro Bowl year. Uh, he still is young, up and coming. You know, there may be more of a willingness to to select him higher. Uh, Chenault's a young player. You have that upside potential there. But I think for where they're going to fall, I think I would rate rate them, you know, Jones, Chenault, Shark, uh, in terms of where I think you can get them. But they all three quality. Players, they're all three capable, I, and, and I do think they're going to throw it a pretty good amount. So a lot of that's probably just going to come down to health with, with who ends up being the most productive. But um, but I, I would I would be willing to draft all three. It's just a question of in what round where are they going to be on the board. My guess is Chark is going to be gone before I'm comfortable taking them. But I wouldn't be
1: surprised if I ended up with Chennault or Jones on uh, on one of my teams. Great stuff, Hayes. So I know a lot of people are loving that uh, Jones talk because he is uh, rising in the, in the sleeper category. Uh, so thank you so much. Moving on to the running backs. You mentioned this dynamic duo and James Robinson and Travis ATN already Robinson going before ATN right now, but then there's also fear though, of Carlos Hyde getting in the mix because of his ties to urban Meyer and stifling away touches from both of those guys. Are we expecting this team to lean on that run game to maybe provide a floor for both players or is it going to be a bit of a conundrum on a week-to-week basis with these guys yeah i think james robinson's one that i would probably stay
2: away from for where he's going to be picked because of what you're talking about carlos Hyde's look good he was here like two years ago and was an absolute bust here in jacksonville uh, after they traded for him but he looks slimmer uh he looks like he's down 10 or 15 pounds obviously Urban coached him at Ohio State, so they have a connection. So I think Carlos Hyde will have some role, but the, the biggest issue is I think Travis DTN is going to be a star. I mean, I, I think he is going to be somebody who has a chance to, you know, go for 1,300 yards of total offense as a rookie. And so, you know, I, to me, Urban Meyer didn't draft Travis DTN in the first round for him to be a, you know, a six to eight touch a game guy. And so, I think James Robinson still has a chance to get into that, you know, maybe eight hundred yards on the ground kind of, you know, kind of numbers. I don't think he'll be just a total afterthought. But I think the what surprises me a little bit more is that maybe that ETN's value is in a little higher. Because I think Travis ETN's getting ready to have a really strong rookie
1: season. And I think the big fear with ETN is off the draft, Urban was mentioning the Tony pick by the Giants and I think there's fear that he might get a bit gadgety with ETN but from what you're you're seeing and and what you're saying is that ETN is going to be more of that full running back bell cow ish maybe not full bell cow but definitely not a gadget guy
2: yeah and that's the thing I mean Travis ETN you're not going to take the ACC's all-time leading rusher uh, in yardage and and touchdowns and then just basically say well we're never going to run them with the ball. I mean, you know, that's the, and, and it's been undersold here. I mean, it's been undersold in this market. You know, people are so enamored with the receiving component, but Travis Etienne's going to run the ball. I mean, you know, Travis Etienne is a very gifted back. He broke a big run in yesterday's uh, practice, which was way more of an actual scrimmage than what they did today in the stadium. Um, you know, Travis Etienne, I think, is going to have plenty of opportunities to, to carry the ball. And, uh, again, that, that wasn't a luxury. The Jaguars aren't obviously good enough for that to be a luxury pick of, you know, hey, I, it, it fell in the draft of a luxury pick in terms of the spot of where they took them. But the Jaguars aren't some, you know, 10-6 club from a year ago that doesn't have a lot of holes. And, yeah, let's go ahead and take a running back, even though we, we have a guy that just ran for 1,000 yards. You know, I, I mean, that to me is, ETN is going to be a focal point of the ground game. And uh, I I think it's been very undersold, you know, how gifted Travis Etienne is a, just a natural ball carrier. And I I do not think the Jaguars are just going to totally ignore that, that factor. So I I think he's going to get a lot of carries this year.
1: I love it, Hayes. All right. Rounding to the finish in the tight end room. It's the Tebow time portion of the podcast, Hayes. Um, How is Tim looking and are we expecting him to make the team?
2: I think he probably makes the team because I think they're going to create some sort of a role for him that's going to highlight what he does well. I don't think he's going to be really used as a traditional tight end. I will say he surprised me early in training camp before the pads went on. He was by far their most productive pass catching tight end uh, for the first like four days of practice. Now, James O'Shaughnessy looked good day one sprained his ankle, and then missed the, like five or six practices, he's back now. But Tiva was really the one that took advantage of that. The problem is the pads went on, and, you know, while it, it hasn't hurt him as a blocker, I think it's just it, – it has, I think, hurt him in terms of his ability to separate his receiver. He was been very quiet all week as a receiver since the pads went on. So, you know, I, I think the expectations are going to be very – Uh, low in terms of what he can give, you know, fantasy players this year. But I do think he probably makes the team, if I had to guess, just because I think Urban Meyer likes that component of what he can do as a tight end H-back. And, you know, who knows, they may even want to bring him in as a short yardage rushing option. Uh, So that would not surprise me. The biggest thing for Tim is he's missed missed a couple days recently with an illness. He was back out there today. So, again, he's somebody that he can't really miss a lot of time. I mean, when you've never done this before in terms of playing the tight end position, you know, you need to be out there every day and make the most of it. So, you know, he's, he's made good strides. He certainly looks like he belongs, which is a credit to him, considering this is all new. I'd be surprised if we look up in, in week five or six and Tim Tebow is, is a hot waiver wire commodity. I just – I don't think he's going to have that enough of a role – even if he makes the team yeah, you know, I, I could see him getting maybe two or three plays a game but it, you know i, I anything else would, would sort
1: of surprise me sorry tebow truthers <laughs> but i think that um that makes sense uh and it's not coming as a shock to listeners uh, but that's incredibly uh insightful stuff though thanks Hayes. chris Manhurst is a, a guy i've literally never heard of and i see he's penciled in as a starter on the depth chart is that true uh, uh, and is there going to be a fantasy viable tight end for this jaguars team
2: i really don't think so I, it's a pathetically weak position right now for the jaguars they they really should have gone out and made a move uh whether that was for a Zach Ertz or or somebody else like that to give them some some degree of separation urban meyer you know told the media a few days ago he was asked about the tight end position and said the blocking component is good but the separation component, we still have a ways to go. Well, you're not going to develop that in-house. You either have that or you don't, and they don't have it. Manhurts is absolutely a blocking tight end. He doesn't really – he looks like he could be a good all-around tight end, but there's nothing in his career that suggests that. He has 12 career catches in 70 games. He hasn't been targeted much at all in training camp. He did catch a touchdown from Trevor Lawrence yesterday, but it was one of the you know first few balls that he's caught. Uh, in training camp. So I, I would not expect a much. He's going to get a lot of snaps and that might fool some people like, well, hell, I'll take a chance because he's playing, you know, 50 snaps a game. But it, I just, there's just no sign that he's going to get a lot of targets. He doesn't look like a, an extra offensive tackle. He looks like he could be able to do something, but they just, nothing in his career has ever allowed him to do it. It doesn't appear at least early on then all of a sudden he's going to start catching a bunch of balls for the Jaguars. And uh, O'Shaughnessy is, you know, he's a decent, you know, if you're in, you know, absolute dire straits, you know, O'Shaughnessy may be able to give you a four catch 50 yard kind of game here and there, but he does, he's not anything more than just serviceable at best. So I would avoid Jaguar tight ends. And then it's, it's really a wasteland.
1: I think Hayes, we're going to get you out of here. I have one, Question left, but it's a bit of a toughie. What is your boldest fantasy prediction for this Jaguars team in 2021?
2: I think Travis Etienne will have over 1,350 yards of total offense.
1: Ooh, that went from bold to a hot take, Hayes. I love it. Uh, That's a strong finish to an absolutely strong appearance. Thank you so much, Hayes, for everything. Where can people find all your stuff?
2: Yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on. They can find me uh, on Twitter at Hayes CarLion, H-A-Y-S-C-A-R-L-Y-O-N.
1: No, thank you so much. I mean, this is just, uh, I think, uh, for people looking to hear about the Jaguars, this is pretty much as good as it gets. So thank you once again. Until next year, have a great season.
2: All right, you too. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Travis Etienne, RB1. You are now dialed in.